Welcome to Whores Talk Whore. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Whore. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. We've been pretty busy lately with work and the podcast. And we also took some time off because the three of us all had birthdays in the last month. What, what? And frankly, we kind of needed a vacation break. But we realized that we didn't have any new episodes to record. So instead of taking a week off completely and not having any episode at all, we decided to put together some of our favorite ghost stories from past episodes. Fall and Halloween season are upon us, so what better time to crack open a pumpkin beer or grab a cup of hot cocoa and sit around a fire and listen to some spooky tales. So here you go. Enjoy. And this first story comes to us from Andrea in Colorado. My husband and I used to be full-time musicians, and we had a house gig at a place in Estes Park, Colorado, called Mary's Lake Lodge. The lodge has a long history, including housing tuberculosis patients and recovering World War I vets. There was also talk of Stephen King's aunt owning a condo at the lodge during the time that he wrote The Shining. And if you set foot upon its corridors, you might have felt an undeniable creepiness that was eerily similar to the infamous hallways that the little boy character rode his big wheel through. I was thrilled to have a house gig there. As a sensitive, I could immediately feel how incredibly haunted this place was. At that time in my life, I was doing a little bit of ghost investigating inspired by all those ghost hunting television shows that have, be- <laughs> that have become so popular, the ones that Mindy loves to binge watch. <laughs> and Mary's Lake Lodge did not disappoint in the ghost department. Every single time we investigated, we experienced some type of supernatural activity. One particular evening, our investigation turned a bit terrifying. The hotel always gave us a room where we had a gig, and this night my husband had decided to retire early and did not join us. We had brought our doggy Harlow. Aw, that's a cute name. Yeah. We had brought our doggy Harlow with us, and she was waiting in the room. I was comforted that she would not be alone with the spirits, that my husband would be there with her. At that point, the customers had cleared out of the restaurant and bar area, and I began the investigation with the bartender, his girlfriend, and one of the servers. It was probably a little after midnight at this point. The first thing that kept happening during this investigation was a constant and recurring sound from the men's bathroom, an incredibly loud bang over and over and over. It sounded like steel-toed boots kicking the vent. It was a sound that none of the employees or I had ever heard before. And the craziest part of it was that the moment that one of the guys went into the bathroom, it stopped. And the moment that they left the bathroom, it started up again. This continued throughout our investigation and became the backdrop for the spooky activity that we experienced that night. We were using the bartender's cell phone to record activity and found that we were able to see things on the cell phone that we could not see with our own eyes. It was strange. At one point, we saw a black mass floating across his viewfinder and captured a picture of it. It was without form and had very jagged edges. Not one of us actually saw it directly, but everyone saw it moving through the viewfinder. All right, that's... That's awesome. That's awesome and also... Creepy. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 
Right after this had occurred, we had the camera focused on a statue that was on the countertop directly across from the men's bathroom. Keep in mind, we are still hearing the constant banging coming from the bathroom. The statue was a replica of a saint, and his neck was outstretched and looking up. As we all looked at the statue through the viewfinder of the camera, the face of the statue started to change. Shut up. Again, we could only see this through the viewfinder of the camera and not by looking directly at it. And the new face began forming in the neck of the statue. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) I have not heard this, by the way. Uh, This is awesome. And the new face was the most cliche, evil face. None of us could believe what we were seeing. As a sensitive, I could feel the dark energy of this entity. And I believe that we were dealing with an entity that night not the human spirit, and a dark entity, certainly not a light one. Wow. At this point in the investigation, the bartender's girlfriend was curled up in a ball on the couch in the lobby. (laughs) Like I would probably be. I know, right? She was terrified and had had enough. Truthfully, I was getting a bit terrified too, and that was unusual for me as I believe that most spirits are just people without a physical body who are lost and looking to move on, and that never scared me. But this thing that we were interacting with this thing was truly shaking me to the core and all that i wanted to do was get far far away from it so we mutually decided to end our investigation it was around three in the morning at this point anyway and everyone left the lodge and went home i went up to our room and told my husband what had just happened as we were talking about the investigation we realized that We were the only guests in the lodge that evening. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, There was no way that I was going to stay the rest of the night. And we literally fled Mary's Lake Lodge in the wee hours of the morning. Good choice. With our doggy Harlow. (laughs) I felt so protective of her and of my husband. And we announced before getting into the car that any spirit that may be following us was absolutely unwelcome and forbidden to join us any further. That's good. Yeah, good job. (laughs) I will never forget that evening or the feeling that accompanied it. In all of my investigations, it was the closest feeling to pure evil I have ever experienced. Whoa. Thank you, Andrea, for that story. And this ghost story comes from David. Hello, David. Thank you so much for sending in your story. Thanks, David. Um, I hope I can uh, do it justice. And um, there are some uh, Scottish um, words slash landmarks in the story that I hope I pronounce correctly. And if I don't, I apologize. So here we go. Shortly after graduating from college, one of my best friends, Tom, moved to Michigan and befriended Mike, a retired professor. Their friendship developed from mutual enjoyment of the outdoors. Upon visiting Mike's property, Tom noticed an incredible set of gardens surrounding his house and also several buildings that were dispersed on his beautiful land. One of those buildings was an original log cabin built by a family of Scottish settlers back in the 1850s. Surprised at the great shape the cabin was in, Tom asked Mike to see the inside of the cabin. Most everything that the Scottish family had owned remained in pristine condition. This included a washboard, table and chairs, old blankets, and even a few old plates, forks, pots, and pans. 
Mike explained that a family had lived in that cabin for years, but never knew any of the details. Mike also explained that friends and even local history groups had come into the cabin before, but didn't stay long after Ooh. hearing what sounded like a woman singing. Uh-oh. Mike had heard the singing before as well, but never wanted to admit it to any of the visitors. But having been intrigued by the stories, Tom asked if he could spend a night in the cabin. Mike obliged and also said he would like to stay there as well to see if they can hear any singing. Safety in numbers. Good call. Exactly. And so armed with sleeping bags, flashlights, and a tape recorder, Tom and Mike spent the night inside the cabin. Lo and behold, around three in the morning, both were awoken by the sound of a woman singing in an unknown dialect. It sounded foreign, yet it was clear as day. So, of course, the words cannot be understood, but they did record what they seemed like was a minute of the singing. Shut up. (laughs) Not literally, but... Oh, okay, good. Okay. (laughs) I can finish telling the story. (laughs) (laughs) They recorded it? Oh, my God. They did. They did. They actually got audio. And just as the singing stopped, and here's... The part when I I first read this email gave me shivers and made the hair on the the back of my arm stand up. An ethereal outline of a woman in a long white dress holding what appeared to be a child wrapped in a blanket walked through the wall and out the main cabin door. Tom and Mike looked at each other in amazement and confirmed to each other what they had both saw. Whoa. The next morning, when they played the tape, only a few seconds were recorded. But remember, Mm. they thought they recorded an entire minute. All they heard was what sounded like a woman singing. And I apologize for... um, I I do not have a good singing voice. I'm not even going to attempt to try and sing this, really. And it's Scottish, but I'm just going to say... It was a ghost anyway, so don't worry about it. uh, Forgive me. So, bear me o-o-o even though they could have sworn they heard more. A friend of Mike's, who was a music historian, listened to the tape a few days later, and with some searching and constant replaying of the tape, the lyrics were discovered. The voice was actually singing, and once again, <laughs> not even going to attempt, but I do have an actual audio of this, so I will play it. Bear me o horo, translated as, Sad I am without thee. Aww. Furthermore, it was discovered that the tune she was singing matched the melody of an old Scottish song called the Iriski Love Lilt, which was written on an island near the outer Hebrides called Iriski in 1909. And as luck would have it, a local acquaintance well in his 90s who heard about Mike's experience called him and finally explained that his grandfather was a close friend of the family who lived in the cabin and that the family who lived in that cabin actually lost a child as a baby and i actually have um some audio recording that i'm going to play now of the iriski love lilt um which was the um the closest thing to the actual recording, which... To what they heard. Yeah. yeah. The actual recording apparently is, has now vanished. Um, they don't have it anymore, but it probably sounded something like this.
Wow. I'd love to hear that recording, like what they recorded. I know. I know. I know. I emailed David back and um, unfortunately he said they do not have that recording anymore. Um, yeah, that would be that would be incredible to hear right now. Um, but that's that. like a super straightforward, straight up story. Like there's no, oh, this weird thing happened and it could have been this or whatever. Like he yeah. and his friend were sitting there, they heard something, they saw something, and then like there's a story even behind it straight up that matches everything. That's exactly. crazy. I know. I know. I love ghost stories like that where it's, what else could it be? You know, if you have two people, there's no one else around, you're alone in a cabin, you hear singing. A, you're in a cabin in the woods. <laughs> so you know some creepy shit's some, gonna happen. Something's gonna go down, yeah. Something's gonna go down. Um, yeah, and you know if both of you saw it, it's not, you, nothing's playing tricks on your eyes. Right. Like, nothing can play tricks on two people's eyes, or, you know, two people are not going to uh, hallucinate the same exact vision or hallucinate the same exact sound yeah i love stories like this yeah so the recording that they got and what they heard themselves um it was in that other language right yeah exactly wow that's crazy that song itself is like really haunting and sad Mm -hmm. alone like that would be I would actually probably feel really sad if I like heard this haunting melody and was like, "Why is this?" Woman I don't think so- I would be scared if I heard that. I'd be, I'd like, be like, "Why is she crying?" It's kind of beautiful and sad, and uh, yeah. And David, thank you so much for sending us that story. Thank you, David. What, what's up next? What do you got? Okay, so this story uh, came to us from Instagram from Witchy Woman. It's not, there's not really a title, so I'm just going to jump right in. And here we go. My mom, my two aunts, and I were sitting in the living room. My grandma on my mom's side had just passed a few months ago at this point. She had a lengthy battle with brain cancer. We always have lots of family pictures on the wall. This is mostly because of that grandmother, I think. She always really liked the holidays and family pictures and making memories and things for people. My mom and my aunts were having a hard time with the death of their mother, which was expected. They still do sometimes, and it's been years. I hear that. There have been accounts by family and friends that stay at my house a couple of times that involve my grandma. Mom said something along the lines of, I don't want to put up the Christmas tree this year. It doesn't feel the same without mom. We had a picture on the wall behind the TV of two of my cousins with a Christmas tree in the back. As my mom said this, the picture flew off the wall and into the middle of the floor. <laughs> so we all looked at each other and said, Grandma said, yes, you are. <laughs> so nice. I can I can totally empathize with this. I think that's awesome that grandmas are like, no, nope, grandma, this is the way it is. And I'm going to tell you're ya. putting up the fucking tree. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and then our this writer also had another shorty that I just thought was really funny and just wanted to read it. Uh, She said that she also had some paranormal activity in her home. And she writes, years later, I saw a white figure in my doorway that moved. My mom, dad, and I were living at his house together before the 2008 recession. And it was around Halloween. I was little enough to still have a baby doll, like eight-ish, which you don't really have to justify having a baby doll in your age. I still (laughs) sleep with this teddy bear, so whatever. And I looked up at the ceiling and saw shadows that were scary to a little kid witch on a broom, an owl, bat were some of her examples. So scared, I grabbed my baby doll 
and hopped the baby gate like a tiny criminal getting away from the police <laughs> to crawl in bed with my mom. She swears it was just a bad dream, and I swear that they chased me down the hall. <laughs> Hop that baby gate. I honestly told that last part seriously because I just wanted to say that phrase, uh, hop the baby gate like a tiny criminal getting away from the police. <laughs> That's great. But I, yeah, assertive grandmothers, opinionated grandmothers, and uh, shadows. Thank you, witchy woman. When I was in middle school, I stayed at the notoriously haunted Truckee Hotel in Lake Tahoe for a family ski trip. Built in 1873 as a stagecoach shop, you can imagine the rich history within its walls. At check-in, my dad jokingly asked if the hotel was haunted, to which they replied, Very Oh, oh God. <laughs> As they handed us the key to the fourth floor room, they said they had a number of known spirits, including the ghost of a little girl who haunted the fourth floor. Oh, great. She likes to hang out in the mechanical room and cause blackouts, they added. <laughs> we got to our room. I confirmed on the hotel fire map that the staff only room across from us was, in fact, the mechanical room. Naturally, I was thrilled. <laughs> wow. Okay. Some background info. A girl was kidnapped, brought to the Truckee Hotel, and murdered in a bathtub on the fourth floor. Oh, my God. What if that was in the room that they stayed in? Holy shit. And they weren't kidding about those blackouts either. For the duration of the stay, they probably happened once a night and usually lasted for hours. What? On New Year's Eve, I had just begun flat ironing my hair when the power went out. Very annoyed, I marched out to the mechanical room door, gave three loud knocks, probably much louder than that, and said, can you please turn the lights back on? I hear you, girl. You know, you can't you Dude. can't leave the hotel with like half, you know, frizzy hair. So no, and I I was blow drying my hair. Oh, I'm pissed. And that was good thinking. And a split second later, they were back on. Nice. Later that night, we were having dinner at the hotel restaurant when I realized I had left my camera in the room. I convinced my dad to go retrieve it for me. I snuck behind him up four flights of stairs and screamed "boo" at the top. He screamed and then joked that the woman we passed on the stairs looked like a ghost. Shut up. But she was probably just attending a costume party on New Year's Eve. Okay. I was confused because I had been trailing him the entire time and saw no one. Oh, my God. He insisted we pass at a woman who looked like she had just stepped out of the wild, wild west in a large pioneer-style gown. Both a little freaked out, we tried to find the camera as quickly as possible so we can get out of there. As we looked, we heard loud knocking on the door to our room several times, but of course, the hallway was empty every time. We didn't find the camera until the following day inside the mini fridge. <laughs> oh my god. What? Yeah, and I'm sure they did not place that there. To this day, my dad still stands by seeing that woman on the stairs, and the hotel is frequented by paranormal investigators. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Wow. I did a little digging on um, a little extra info on the Truckee Hotel. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Apparently, that whole area of Lake Tahoe is very, very haunted. So, Truckee was a town of the Wild West. Oh, and I should say, sorry, 
Um, this information comes from the KJM Truckee blog in their piece titled Tales of a Haunted Truckee. So Truckee was a town of the Wild West. One of the first legends of Truckee is the Donner Party, which <gasps> we all know that story. The notorious party was trapped in Truckee because of an early October storm. The tale is made famous by the party's resort to cannibalism to survive. The Truckee Hotel has seen a lot of activity from the living world and beyond. Since 1873, the hotel has welcomed Stagecoast guests on their travels across California. After three name changes, a great fire, and thousands of guests, oh my God. there is one thing that has stayed. The ghost. The first is of a little girl that was murdered in a bathtub on the (gasps) fourth floor. Ding, ding, ding. Guests hear her running down the halls at night, maybe to escape her assailants. That's horrible. That is really horrible. Um, The next is the lady in red, architect Ron Gaunt, a 20-plus year Truckee resident, walked into one of the hotel rooms and instantly felt a cold chill. There was a woman in a red dress, long velvet, definitely not of this time period. Kind of very, very similar to what uh, Cody's dad saw. That's what I was totally just thinking. Yeah. She walked into another room with no doors or windows and disappeared, said Gaunt. I saw the person clear as day. Then she was gone. The hair stood up in my arms and a chill went down my spine. So that is a little uh, story about Truckee. And thank you, Cody. That was an awesome story. Oh, that was great. Uh, So when was your first paranormal experience, Tatiana? Um... I, it was when I was younger, I honestly can't really pinpoint the exact age. I want to say I was like maybe 11 or something like that. We had just moved into a house in Wisconsin because we used to live here in Chicago and we moved into a house in Wisconsin and, um, and just like out of the blue one day, my mom asked me to go get her glasses from the bathroom. And the way that her room was set up was that you have to go through her room to get to the bathroom. And when you go through the room, on your left-hand side was her bed, and on the right-hand side was her dresser, and there was a mirror on the dresser. And so back then, my uncle, he used to be a ghost hunter. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put a pin in that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> But the reason why I bring that up is because he had advised me that if I ever wanted to see a ghost, that to keep in mind that you see him in your peripheral vision and to try not to blink and just kind of turn and that you'll see them. And and so when I was walking through my mom's bedroom to go get her glasses, and she was downstairs, mm. I walked through and I noticed that there was something out of place on the it was on the bed and I could see the reflection of it in the mirror at the same time. So I saw them on both sides and I kept walking through because I, I, I was like, okay, that was not normal. As I get to the bathroom and I pick up my mom's glasses, I was like, there shouldn't have been anything on there. <laughs> and so I remembered what my uncle had told me and I decided to, like as I was going back out to go give my mom her glasses, I stopped right where it was in between the bed and the dresser. And I decided not to blink because I could still see it in my peripheral vision. And I turned to look at my mom's bed and I saw a little girl sitting on my mom's bed. And she was all in white. 
and she had dark hair. It was um, it was like an old, kind of like an old fashioned style like haircut, like a page boy. Yeah, well, she had bangs, and her hair was like shoulder length, and she was wearing all white, and she had like I can't remember if I think they were either white. I want to say they were white shoes with little black socks or black shoes with little white socks. One of those oh. two. And, um, but when I looked at her, she was like, it almost looked like she was holding on to a bear or a stuffed animal or something. Mm-hmm. And it was a stuffed animal that my mom would always have on her bed. Oh. And, and, um, but her eyes, when I looked at through her eyes, it was like very hollow. Like there was nothing there. Like there was no spirit. Like, you know, like when you look at somebody, they're alive. But yeah. you, you know, when you, when you like when you see somebody that's passing away or something, you know, it's like they fade away, you know, and there was like nothing there. Like her eyes were almost transparent. Like, wow. and, um, and it was really creepy. And then all of a sudden I hear my mom go, Tatiana, <laughs> we gotta go. And then poof, she was and, gone. And then, no, I just, I turned around to just run out and I didn't, I didn't bother to look back or anything. I just remember like kind of being in shock mm-hmm. at like, what is this girl doing here? Like, I was like, huh? Okay, and then my mom was like, that's Yana. And so I went down. And then ever since then, like, I kept seeing her in the house. Wow. And it was for years. For years I kept seeing her. And it would be like I would be changing or I my dresser in my bedroom would be facing the door, which was like in a corner. Okay. And so I'd be getting ready and I would see her in the reflection of the mirror behind me. And she'd just be standing there just watching me, you know. Or... um I'd just be, you know, walking down the hall and she'd be by my mom's door. It was always between, like, my room and my mom's room. And the thing is, is that my room was right next to my mom's room. Okay. One day, like, not when I was, like, 14, my my parents had thrown me, like, a birthday party and got me this huge balloon. And, I mean, like, one of those big, like, um, inflatable, like, balloons, like the big ones, you awesome. know. <laughs> and... And um, it, I would always have it away from my bed. And my bed, because I was young, I had like a canopy, the round ones that mm. go over the bed. And and I would sleep in it. So in order for you to get in it, you have to like kind of like duck down and move the canopy to get mm-hmm. in it, right? So I went to sleep that night, one night, and uh, I had a crazy dream that I woke up because I heard the tea kettle going in the kitchen downstairs. And I wake up in my dream and I go downstairs to turn it off. And it was daylight in my dream. Mm -hmm. And I go downstairs to turn it off. And all of a sudden I turn around to go back upstairs and this woman was there. And and she was like maybe in her teens or something. And, And she looked at me. She's like, what are you doing here? But it was the same little girl just grown up. Wow. Yeah. And she's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean? I just came to turn. You, you're not supposed to be here. You have to go. You can't be here. You gotta go. You gotta go. And I'm like, what? And I, and I didn't know where to go. I'm like, what do you mean? It's my house. Where am I gonna go? Yeah, yeah. You know. And so I just, I just ran upstairs to my room and I, and I closed the door and I like went under my covers <gasps> in my dream. And you know, wow. I still had the canopy and everything, so it seemed very real, you know. And I'm under there and I had the covers under me, and all of a sudden, like in my dream, the balloon was still in there. I'm looking in the corner where the door is and the balloon is there and I see it floating, getting closer and closer to me and and the canopy was slightly open and it went down in under the canopy and it was floating above me and I'm just looking at it, just watching it do its thing. (laughs) 
And I'm like, what is it doing? And as I get closer, it starts getting closer and it comes down and it comes right to my face and it's right at my face and it trans transforms into the girl's face, the little girl's face. And she goes, boo. And she woke me up from my dream. It was so scary. Like it scared me so much in my dream that it woke me up. And all of a sudden, all I hear her is laughing and my balloon floating inside my canopy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which was not there before. No. Oh my god. No, because it was out by the door. And and it was like it happened in real life, you know. It was like yeah. a like a weird like thing. So, do you think that was this someone that lived in the house prior, or do you know who this person was? Or? Okay, well, I can come into that one. Okay, <laughs> uh, we had that house built. Oh, okay. So it was completely nothing, and um, well, she told me about her dream, <clears throat> and so what happened was that I know exactly who she was. Oh. Um. In two, uh, 1990, your sister 92, 1990, I had a pregnancy. And that pregnancy had to be terminated because they told me that the fetus had died inside of me. And so it was really, really hard for me to accept that, you know, that sure. death because it was my second child. It's seven years between the two. Oh, okay. So, um, I always had this. Well, before every time I'm pregnant, I know what I what I'm gonna have because it comes in my dream. Um, I found her in a gar- in a garbage can, oh. in in an alley, and I knew it was a girl. And then, <laughs> well, I don't know what that means. This I, <laughs> I saw. I'm having a beautiful little girl out of in the garbage dream. can in my dream, right? <laughs> so with this one, I saw it also, and it was one that walked to me and held on to me and was on my leg, like hanging on to me. It was a little girl with black hair and little bangs and stuff and she was hanging on so I knew it was going to be a girl when that happened I went through a lot of depression because I had that and everything but I had it done in August I had to do a DNC in December um, when it was my birthday I got pregnant again and the doctor told me not to have you know not to get pregnant because I had gone through so much trauma but it happened so that baby was born was supposed to be born uh, April 14th still remember this April 14th so in my by myself I bought a, a little stuffed animal and that was her to me all these years and personally I would celebrate her birthday and that was the one you kept on your bed that's the one I kept on my bed I still have it oh but I have God. it put away but it's a little bunny and she's really cute and everything and so I had it on my bed and <clears throat> I knew that it happened, and I knew something was going to happen because the whole family was so excited to have our first home, and it was exactly how I wanted it, and I wanted it in my kids, and my youngest daughter was three years old, so that baby would have been five years old. Okay. Okay? So that baby would have been five years old. And so I was so happy, but I was so upset and depressed that I couldn't give this baby this beautiful a brand new house brand new everything and all this stuff so I was kind of happy sad at the same time I always kept it with me well after we moved in it was a two-story home so I was doing laundry at night and in the basement first floor second floor so the basement I was doing the laundry and I was in the first floor folding clothes and I hear this laughter (laughs) I'm like so I thought it was my youngest one 
you know, coming down because she was so excited. She was doing the stairs. She never done the stairs. She go up and down, up and down, up and down. Turn the lights upstairs, turn the lights downstairs. <laughs> so I thought it was her. So I went up the stairs and she was sleeping. And I went in my husband in my room and I asked my husband, "Hey, did you hear anything?" He's like, "No." And I went down. As I was going down, I could hear it coming from the gar- from the basement. I went in the basement. I could hear it clearly. <laughs> I'm like, "What the heck is that?" So I went downstairs and it did it again. And it was, I saw it, and we had boxes because we were just moving in. And I saw this little doll. I don't know if you guys remember. It was a doll inside a walker, and then with a remote control, they would walk. Well, that was it. Going for there, hitting the the wall, coming back, hitting the wall, hitting the back. I'm like, what the heck? You know, somebody left the the battery on. What the heck? So I opened up, and I found it. I went through boxes to find the control, and I took out that, and it still did it. Wow. So I had to take the thing apart. So I, I took the doll out of the walker and all this stuff, but inside I knew what, who it was. She wanted to enjoy this too. Oh, wow. She wanted to enjoy this too, and then I started seeing her too. I started seeing her on my bed and everything. And I Did didn't, you tell your husband? No. He's a chicken. Oh. <laughs> we would have had to move. Well, she liked the doll apparently she loved the doll she loved the doll i don't know why well maybe because she could control it remote controlled it so when she told me about it i said well i think maybe we're gonna have to let it go because she didn't tell me about it and i didn't say anything it happened for years it came and gone. It came and gone. She would be here, and I was on ice here in the kitchen on the side, and I would just talk to her in my mind. I would talk to her and say, you know, you know, I'm so glad you're here to to be with us. And all this. I would say that. Yeah. So I was welcoming welcoming her. So, but then she was doing that, and what I taught my kids was that if you ever feel afraid, in someone you feel someone say boo. Mm-hmm. You scare them first. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so when she did that in her dream, I knew it was her. That's amazing. So I knew it was she, her. So the little girl you were seeing was the one who was afraid. Yeah, she that. was probably afraid. <gasps> but the thing is, is that I would always feel that going up the stairs because I would always feel an entity behind me going up the stairs. So I would always turn around and go, boo. Okay. But you know what? I never put the two together. (laughs) I always taught my kids, always, because I know that that there's so many things we don't know where we're going and what, so you scare them first. And that's, I say that to you guys too, scare them first and they'll leave you alone. That is okay. I've never heard that. That's fantastic. I love it. And so anyways, and I told my daughter, I said, you know what? We're going to have to, you know, I told her, it's your sister. I told her, it's your sister, and she's here, and, and we need to let her go. I need to let her go, because I've had her since before she was born. And so I love babies, and, you know, and anyway, so I had to let her go, and I had to tell her to leave. I said, I know you want to be here, but you have an opportunity to come back maybe another in mm-hmm. another life and all this stuff, and I'll be here with you, and I'll be always with you. I'll always be your mother and all this stuff. So I had to let her go. But I still have my doll. My doll is still at the house. I have it. I have it. I thought you burned it. No. And it sounds like there wasn't anything, like, negative. No. No, no, no. She was just a little girl. She was growing with my my youngest daughter. She was growing with her. And I don't know if my little one's seen her. I don't know because she's also, you know, it's normal. (laughs) Right. It runs in the family. It's a normal thing. It sounds like not on your husband's side. Oh, no. They're scared of everything. (laughs) 
your dad never experienced any of this stuff, never saw things or... Well, he has, but he doesn't like to talk about it. No. Okay. He's terrified. He's more of like... We don't talk about those things. <laughs> okay. Sees them, but doesn't talk about it. Just yeah. pretends. I'll never be able to sleep again. Yeah. It's this thing. Yeah. Just ignore gotcha. it. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. So we have one final listener story left. Mindy, would you like to read it? I would. And we just jump right in. No introduction, no nothing. I like your invitation to tell personal stories of fright from your audience. Sweet. We do, too. I have a handful of paranormal experiences and a few hilarious stories of scaring others and being scared by others. Sharon, who does that sound like? Me. (laughs) It's my favorite pastime, (laughs) scaring people. So I'll be chiming in from time to time with one of my tales of, whoa. It says in parentheses, add your Bill and Ted impersonation here. That was my Bill and Ted. Whoa. Anyway. That was a horrible Bill and Ted impersonation, but Spencer, Spencer, can you do better? Do it. Uh, whoa. Say, no, that's like... That's a, Joey Lawrence. That was, that, I, that was the first thing that came to mind. Whoa. Much better. Okay. 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 Fine. I will leave you now with the first time I scared the crap out of someone and the first time I saw a ghost. Awesome. I was two and a half years old when my family and I were visiting my grandparents. The hallway of their house at night always creeped me out. It was super long and dark. Sounds familiar. I'd run as fast as I could to get to the entryway of the living room, terrified that something was going to jump out and get me. On this particular visit, I came out of the bathroom and saw Grandpa at the end of the hall peeking into the living room. He saw me and whispered, Jimmy, come here. I smiled and with no fear, hurried down the hall towards him. Shh. When I say now, jump out and go roar as loud as you can. He held his hands up, making claws with them as he instructed me. My grandfather, Jim, who I am named after, loved jumping out and scaring people. He was a very funny man, and this was his favorite way to make himself laugh. One, two, three, now! I jumped out, and he was right behind me, both of us going, roar, as loud as we could. My mother, aunt, and grandmother all jumped and screamed. My grandpa and I fell on the floor rolling with laughter. That's adorable. I heard my mother say, oh, God, he's got him doing it now. (laughs) She always hated it when her father would scare her like that. She never liked being scared. And now she was going to have to live with it again. Because I did it all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am a comedic actor and stand-up comic now. And the reason I am is because my grandpa taught me my first joke. Boo. Aw. A few months later, in June of 1977, not long before I turned three, I had a dream that I was at my grandparents' house. I was walking down the dark hall toward my grandfather, who was smiling at me. When I got to him, I saw my grandma sitting in his chair in the living room with my mom and aunt on their knees, crying in front of her, resting their heads on each one of her knees. Grandma had a hand on the back of her daughter's, of each of her daughter's head as she wept as well. Grandpa, what's wrong? He said he had to go, but he wanted to say he loved me and to say goodbye. Then he picked me up and hugged me. My mom woke me up and picked me up in her arms that morning. 
I immediately told her my dream. She started crying, saying that Grandpa had a heart attack and passed away that night. Oh. Oh, I said, I'm glad Grandpa said goodbye then. That was the first time I scared someone and the first time I ever saw a ghost. But neither time would be the last. Jim. Awesome. Jim, send us more. We are down to hear your stories. That was Aww. great. That was so sweet and and awesome. Well, there you have it. And if you have any of your own ghost stories that you want to share with us, you can email us at whorestalkhorror at gmail.com. You can also write us with any other creepy stories, true crime stories, the story about that one time you scared the shit out of your parents, or just say hi to us. Please rate and review us on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. It helps us get more exposure. It's free and it only takes a few minutes. If you are able to, please join our Patreon if you want to have early access to episodes, see exclusive posts, and maybe get some cool shit. Speaking of cool shit, anyone who becomes a patron at any level by October 1st will receive a trick or treat of our choice sent to you directly through snail mail. But honestly, they're going to be all treats because we're not going to send you dog shit in the mail or anything like that. Unless you specifically request that we do. (laughs) And we have another upcoming treat for you patrons at the $5 level or higher. Since we just aired our Twin Peaks sound design episodes, we will have an upcoming exclusive episode where Spencer describes how you, too, can speak like a Black Lodge resident. Ooh. AKA talking backwards. <laughs> you can follow us at Horse Talk Horror on Instagram, and the link to our Patreon is in our bio. Thank you for listening to us. Please be kind to each other and be safe. And as always, thanks, thanks for, for getting, getting creepy with us. Sharon, you want a beer? Uh.